outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. Welcome in to the Saturday snow, show, and we have a oh, Okay, let's stop that. <laughs> the 2 o'clock hour is underway. By the way, solid pull on this with the snow outside. Eric, it uh, seems to die down a little bit, but it's still coming down pretty heavy. So if you're out and about, be safe out there. Be smart. Slow down. No need to get in an accident. Yeah, don't. Like outside. we said earlier in the show, mm-hmm. we could go political, but we won't. And we'll just say be kind to one another. Yes, be be aware. And being but, a yeah. good driver is a kind driver. Yes, absolutely. All right, Adrian, it is time. Let us discuss. To go back a week. The NFL. Let's do it. Best playoffs in sports? I, I first think of all, so. That's I think me. so, too. I, I like the NBA playoffs, but they go on forever, it feels like. I like the NFL. It's pretty... I think it comes down to if you are a fan of series or kind of the one-off thing. True. Yeah, you're right. And, and the nice thing about the NFL compared to like the college basketball tournament is these are the best players in the world. And I know that people aren't soccer fans, per se, around here by and large, but I did like that the MLS went to kind of the NFL format last year. It was a bunch of one-offs in the playoffs now in MLS, and I think it's kind yeah. of fun. And you know what? I like like the World Cup set up cool. Mm-hmm. You got pool play, and then it gets right into bracket. And it's one game. And it's one game. Yeah. So, uh, Jake, let's real quick before we preview what went on is going on this week. Okay. Last week, couple overtime games, right, Eric? First time ever in the wild card weekend, two wild card ga- or two overtime. Wild I believe so. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. And uh, you got you had Texans defeating the Bills. Uh, that was all Bills, and then all of a sudden, Josh Allen. I don't know what happened to him. That lateral at the end of that game, I was like, what? What happened? Lost his head. Lost his head. Yeah. Uh, takes a couple of huge sacks, mm-hmm. and then of course the play of the game though, Deshaun Watson. Um, Getting hit by two guys. Obviously, kind of the two guys hitting him at the same time kind of helped him stay upright. And he wheeled himself out Yeah, of but it. still yeah. a very yeah. cool play. Oh, yeah. And then he makes the play downfield. And, and it's then an it iconic up, play for yes. his career, too. Yep. Yeah. Icon- and icon- that'll be a NFL top 100 play someday and uh, of the decade or something. Mm-hmm. And um, But cool play. Texans, they move on. Uh, 22-19 winners over the Bills. The Titans, they upset the Patriots. Derrick Henry was a man. Among, you know, he, 34 carries, 182 yards, was catching the ball. And it feels like he ran for like 400 yards. Yep, it felt like he had 100 carries and 7,000 yards on the ground. Uh, Tom Brady, is that the last day as a Patriot, do you think? I don't think it's his last day as a Patriot. I, I, I just don't see him going and playing anywhere else. I've seen the I've seen the story about him potentially going to play for the Chargers, and I'm just in there like, why? Why would you do that unless you really – don't get along with Bill Belichick that badly. But it sounds like Robert Kraft wants him back. And if the owner wants him back, you can guarantee, because he already he, he forced Bill Belichick to trade Jimmy Garoppolo yep. to the 49ers. He forced that to happen. If he wants Tom Brady back in a Patriots uniform, Tom Brady will be in Foxborough yep. next year. Yeah, uh, When you look back on things, that trade might be one of the weirdest mistakes in history. I am more than happy If with Jimmy it, G actually is any good. He's pretty good. What are you talking about? Yeah, he's pretty good. Stop denigrating my team. He's pretty good, but if you know, if you can't even beat Kirk Cousins on any given day, okay, here I'm we go. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the big kind of the big one of the weekend was the Viking Saints uh, overtime thriller. Yes, the uh, Kyle Rudolph catch at the end of the game mm, to pass win interference. It, the pass interference there, uh, whether or not it was, you know, and then it came down to the 
argument of the rules in overtime, whether or not those should be changed. Huge fan of overtime rules over here. In the NFL? Yeah. You prefer them? Well, yeah, they won because of it. Okay. I like the NFL format where you actually have to play football because I feel like the college one, it becomes just a it's a it's an offensive yeah. onslaught, I feel like. Only thing for me is you've got to in the NFL, if they were to put a fifteen minute period up there, no matter first team scores, it can't just end. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I maybe and maybe you extend it, maybe you give them like college, you start them at the forty or something. I don't want that. I I, I want them to actually play football. I yeah. like the fact that there's punting going on. Okay. It keeps it keeps the game going. But no on. sudden death kind of thing. It shouldn't be sudden death. It should at be at least on the first. At least on the first. Yeah. yeah. So let's put it this way. Last week, the Vikings go down and score that touchdown, and they win the game. There's a walk-off for them because the, the Saints never touched the ball again once overtime started. And what it should have been, in my mind, is the Saints should have gotten a series. You can't match that score. It's over, and I'm totally okay with that. Maybe Or maybe just play that full quarter. That's not a bad idea either. I just I feel like, the, regardless, I know that they have the rule that the field goal can't end the game yeah. right away. You need to make that. Yeah. Just the other team has a chance to have the ball. That's my biggest thing. Uh, and then Seahawks, Eagles, uh, not a very great game. Once Carson Wentz went out, kind of lost his um, luster. The only thing about that, though, Josh McCown, did you see this? Played the, yeah. Tore the hamstring off the bone in the second quarter of this game and played the rest of the game because he didn't have another quarterback. Amazing. Uh, Nate Sudfeld was inactive for the game. He's going to have six months of rehab. Crazy. Gave it all. To play a half of football with a torn hamstring that came off the bone yep. at a 40 years old. Yeah, your tough guy legacy has just been cemented there, yep. Mr. McCown. Totally. So, uh, some good games last weekend, Jake. Yes. Really, Kind of three of the four were really good. That one kind of lost its luster once Wentz went down. But we come to this weekend, and of course the uh, first game of the weekend starts in about 20 minutes. Vikings on the road at the 49ers. I think we both. Eric, you're going to have to break the tie on this one because Jake and I are not going to be able to convince otherwise. Hashtag go get it. Hey, the Niners are a seven-point favorite, so, you know. Well, they were a – the Saints were like an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I know, so. I know, I know. So. Go Niners. What do you think, Eric? Where are you Where going are you? on this one? It, it's extremely tough because at the beginning of the week I was kind of leaning toward the Vikings, honestly. But there's just one – there's one matchup that – really bugs me and that's Andrew Sandejo playing safety at as kind of a linebacker and I think George Kittle could just yes sir eat that guy up well so, the the matchup there is going to be it's going to be Eric Kendricks, Kendrick's yeah. on George Kittle Kendricks is one of the best coverage tight end coverage linebackers in the NFL well, they, they is, all, they, and George Kittle is one of the best at shaking off coverage linebackers. They also played Sandejo at safety a lot last week, which the Saints didn't really take advantage of. I I don't know. The, the 49ers just seem like I I just trust the fact that they've had a week off. I feel like even in, in the NFL, you never really know what's going on with these guys. I knew you if, were a smart, man. If George Kittle is was dealing with something like a like a smaller injury that maybe we hadn't heard about. He's got an extra week to be healthy. That whole team has kind of an extra week to be healthy. That said, I think Vikings defense is very good. They have, what is it, like five or five to seven starters that have played on the team together on defense for five years, which yep. is very, very good. We'll see if um, Harrison Smith can knock over Kittle. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be won't. really tight, though. I think, 
I think the Vikings are going to come out early and kind of surprise them. I think it's 14 nothing at halftime, and then I think the 49ers end up winning it 27-24. Hey, I'll take a 14 nothing lead at the half. Okay. Now it depends. Diggs uh, sick and Thielen sprained his ankle. No, in the Thielen week. has stitches slashed in his, his ankle. Yeah, and he uh, like reached down to make sure his Achilles was still intact. Yeah. Apparently, so, well, whoever's cleat got him on the ankle was extra sharp. Apparently, yep. And so that's kind of to me. If those two aren't able to make any plays, it's over. Well, we'll see. So. It, 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 I'm. Ex- I think actually, in my opinion, this is the best game of this of this weekend, just in terms of just the matchup. Uh, and then you've got Titans Ravens. I don't expect the Titans to win another game in the playoffs, but I will say there is one way to kind of um, minimize the effect of Lamar Jackson, and that would be to have a guy like Derrick Henry. Yeah, that does help. You control the clock. Control the clock with, is he the best running back in the NFL? Mm, he's one of them. One of them? He's, what, what, he saw, what we saw last week from him is peak Derrick Henry. He hasn't gotten the plaudits I think he deserves because he does, he plays in Tennessee. It's not mm-hmm. one of the glamour franchises in the NFL. He is one of the top three in the league right now. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, one of the guys I think is on that list. Yeah, too. we've got a couple of great running backs. Yeah, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, and uh, Derrick Henry yep. are a couple of guys that um, – yeah, I just I, at the running back position yeah. that are really good. This I just feel like the Ravens—they're too good. We've seen mm-hmm. so much from Lamar Jackson this year. He's really grown up and grown into that position. He's revolutionizing the quarterback uh, position once again as a running quarterback. Greg Roman—I don't know how this guy doesn't get a head coaching job somewhere because all he does is just make his quarterback shine. I think the Ravens are going to roll. I'm sure, and it sounds like he has a chance this year. Yeah, he is, does. But there's only we'll one see. job now open: yeah. is, is the Cleveland Browns. And I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'd be interested if he could get Baker going. The, yeah, the Browns might be Baker good. doesn't necessarily fit the bill of what he wants as a quarterback, but Greg Roman's shown he's capable of working right. with anybody. Totally. And uh, you got Texas Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. I think you are as well. Give me the chefs. But I think uh, the Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes matchup is really interesting because um, they are compared to each other so often. Here's and the thing. Same I, draft, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, and Same so draft. and yeah. Trubisky was taken ahead of them, and they both mm-hmm. loved to bring up the fact that Trubisky was taken ahead of them. Mitchell and Trubisky. So. The Bills were able to get just all kinds of pressure on the Texans in that first yeah. half, and if there's anyone who's good and finding these empty holes, it's Steve Spagnola at this point. Mm-hmm. I think that this is going to be a... This is... I think every game's going to be close, but this is the one game where I, I think it's like a 30-17 to 17 mm. blowout. I, I okay. could see that as well. And uh, it, gonna, By the way, I've got a soft spot for Andy Reid. I just want to see him win a Super Bowl title at some point. And this team right now, the Chiefs, they're coming along right now. Absolutely. And speaking of head coaching candidates, I just got to stand Eric Bieniemy because yeah. I want Eric more Eric's in the NFL <laughs> as head coaches. Um but coach. Yeah, you had the it, man genius. Like Ugh. the fact that he's not getting more love is, I don't know, a little bit suspect to me. He's kind of he, along with Andy Reid, have or has orchestrated like one of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL for the past three years, even with Alex Smith. Yep. So totally. Uh, I think yeah, I'm with you. I think this one has the has a likelihood of being a blowout, but we'll see. And then uh, a team of two teams that I just one uh, both I just can't stand. Really? I, I don't like either the Packers or the Seahawks. Okay, here's the thing. Packers because of my Vikings fandom and Seahawks because of my Vikings fandom because they never can beat those. <laughs> and I, the, 
one thing I lament about this is that the Vikings are going to have to play one of these two teams on the road. They're going to have to. Yeah, what do you mean? So, you anticipating your team? Is yes, and so okay. both teams. I just I hope they tie and both get eliminated. Okay. I here's the thing. I I, I look at this matchup. The Seahawks. Russell Wilson is everything to what Seattle's doing. Mm. Like, if he is ineffective, they're dead in the water. Like I get the uh, Marshawn Lynch is back, but Beast Mode is a shell of his former self. Yep. And if Russell Wilson gets balled up at all in this game, you could see the Packers run away with it. Aaron Rodgers, he's had a career, he's had a resurgent year this year under Matt Lafleur, the head coach up there, the new head coach. I think the Packers. You guys talk about whoa, the Texas whoa, whoa. Chief. I'm gonna have to argue there. What's that? <laughs> I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has had a resurgent year. You don't think he has? No. I thought he's pretty pretty like, good. I, I think. Uh, the numbers maybe, but like he does, he's not what okay. Aaron Rodgers used to be. Right. He's waiting way too long. He's looking. He's like I heard this great metaphor. Okay, if you do, you have either of you guys ever played cornhole? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So once you eventually get really good at cornhole, you're always looking to score in the hole. Correct. Every single time. But when you're a beginner, you're kind of looking to get the, the bags on the board. You're looking to score points. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is at the point of his career where he's only looking for that hole, where he's looking for these big plays, and he's kind of refusing to take okay. the checkdowns. And I, I would argue that the the Packers are the most flawed team of all eight teams left because they have won these kind of scrappy, weird games all year long. Even that game against the Vikings – that the offense did not look good at all, and their best offensive weapon, I think, has been Aaron Jones. So I'd really disagree. I I think that Aaron Rodgers. I would not be shocked at all if the Seahawks kind of take him out of this game, and it's lower scoring than people think. I think it's gonna be a low scoring contest. I'm actually taking the Packers to win this one at home. I just feel like if you can bottle up Russell Wilson, that Seattle offense just grinds to a halt. I, I just I, I don't see because. They've run out of running backs. They signed Marshawn Lynch off the street. They also brought in Robert Turbin, former Utah State guy, to be the backup. Yeah. Travis Homer's been okay, but I just feel like if you stop Russell Wilson in any way, shape, or form, you're going to come out a winner. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers, too. I'm going to go Seahawks. Okay. I don't disagree with either of what uh, what either of you are saying. I will say about Aaron Rodgers, if he gets rolling, that guy's hard to slow down. Absolutely, because of those big right, because of those big plays, and if he if he starts feeling it, but he does tend to get a you know you heard all the stories about Mark Mike McCarthy where if Aaron didn't like the play he just would Not throw the ball out of bounds. Yeah, and that kind of lends to the theory that he's only looking for the big play. And if it's something that's not what he believes in, he's just going to kill the play. So we'll see what happens. It's an intriguing matchup for sure. It looks like the weather is going to be horrific. That's it's just a classic Lambo game. Yes. And, uh, you know, Seattle was inches away from hosting this game, essentially, or hosting a weekend game. And uh, now instead they have to go on the road to take on Green Bay. So it should be a fun day, uh, two days of NFL playoffs. Yep, I'm excited for it. It's going to be fun. We got a lunch bet on this for the uh, Niners-Vikings game. I'm hoping this weekend plays out similar to last weekend because – I was dead wrong on most of my predictions a week ago. I felt like the Patriots were just going to roll past mm, the so Titans type of stuff like that. But that's the fun part about what happens in this league because the NFL, more than any other professional league, I feel like has got that parity where you never quite know what's going to play out until they get on the field and face off against each other. Are they all making their picks right now? Yeah. Florio's sitting in. 
It's the NBC. There team. it is, Mike. Oh, Mike. There what are you doing? Is. Pro football talk on Twitter. He... NBC doing their uh, picks. Yeah. And uh, America picked the Niners. Whoever It was Liam. Liam McHugh. Liam McHugh. Oh, he's the pregame he's, he's host. He's the MC. Yeah. Oh, okay. He has the Bob Costas role. Oh, okay. And then you got Chris Sims who picked the uh, Niners. Mike, Chris Sims is a smart guy. And uh, Florio picking the Vikings. So. Mike Tirico's been on fire with these this 11 year, and so. 8. So there you go. Mike Tirico picking the Niners. Yes. I never really liked Mike Tirico. Oh, whatever. Well, he's Just, one of the best in the game. He really is. And anyway, <laughs> it should be fun. I'm excited to have this game going while Jake and I are here today. And uh, it's probably going to be a Niners blowout, but. You always got to you got to roll with your team. At the all Niners time. this year have played all of these one possession games. It's not going to be a blowout. Well, we'll see what happens. Should be a fun one uh, out there, kicking off in Santa Clara, uh, where the Utes had a not so fun weekend about a month ago. Yep, was not didn't uh, didn't happen with it the way they wanted. It no, to. not at all. No, not at all. All right, uh, coming up on the other side, we're going to let you hear from George Niang, who was on with Hanson Scotty. Had a great conversation. He's had such an incredible last couple weeks. Uh, he's been a big part of the Jazz success. Kind of picked up the minutes where Jeff Green, when they waved Jeff Green, they kind of brought along um, George Niang. Mm-hmm. Believe that he could be that stretch four, and he has proved it. Uh, that's all coming up here on the Saturday show on the Zone Sports Network. It's the weekend! It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch. Can't wait, can't, 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 can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Saturday show here on The Zone Sports Network. Welcome in Jake Hatch over there. Uh, you can follow him at Jacob C. Hatch, or make sure if you're a BYU sports fan, you check out Locked On Cougars. Picked up tons of listenership in 2019. You're looking to continue that into this new decade, Jake. It's hoping. That's what we're hoping. And how's it going? Uh, okay. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, we need more than okay up in here, people. So make sure you um, go subscribe to the Locked On Cougars no, podcast. No, it's actually it's off to a for you got compared, listeners worldwide, my friend. We do. We have a guy in Philippines and whatnot. Had a guy from Hong Kong reach out. He yep. listens regularly, but it's compared to last January, we're ahead of pace. That's the positive. Yeah, but it always can be better. Yep. And so uh, make sure you check that out. You also uh, Eric Jensen's behind the glass. Follow him on Twitter as well as well as his uh, NFL podcast. Uh, you can check that out as what's it called again? The End Zone Podcast. The End Zone Podcast. And if pod. you want to listen to us on podcasts, you can search The Saturday Show on The Zone Sports yes, Network. Yes, indeed. And Hour One is up and ready to roll. I so don't even remember what I said, but I'm sure it was dynamite. Ha! Probably was. Yes, so uh, make sure to check that out. Eric's got that up on The Zone website as well as The Zone app. All right, uh, back to the Jazz, Jake. And uh, we just talked a lot of NFL, so let's get into the Jazz. Georgie Yang, he was on with Hans and Scotty. Always a great interview. Always a uh, very insightful guy. Had to work his way into the rotation, work his way out of the G League, and uh, is really achieving great things for the Jazz right now. And uh, his contract's super friendly to the Jazz as well, so that helps. Yes, absolutely. He's a fun-loving guy. We actually had him. So uh, Joe Ingles, I think it was last year, maybe the year before that, uh, when he was going to come on for his weekly visits, hey, can I have George Niang join me? And we're like, sure. So it actually ended up being a really cool visit. And George is a very personable dude. Yes, so. and uh, I, I think 
Uh, from what I understand, he plays such a big role in keeping the team loose, uh-huh. and he's just got that personality where everyone loves George. He's a funny guy. He treats everyone well and uh, all-around good dude. So it's great to see people like that succeeding yeah. in the NBA. And, uh, so uh, here's that conversation, Hanson Scotty, earlier in the week with George Niang. Joining us now, a uh, member of the Utah Jazz, George Niang, kind enough to carve out a few moments for us. George, how are you? Hey, George. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Not as good as you on this current winning streak. Uh, just what's the sense in this locker room after this team's been able to ratchet up a bunch of W's? Um, you know, it, it's been great. Uh, you know, all the, you know, roster m- movements, you know, kind of created some excitement with the fans. And, you know, we're just trying to get back to playing basketball the right way with the ball flying around and us really anchoring down on defense and, and doing things the right way. And I, and I, and I think we've done that. You know, George, I understand the world of professional sports, and I understand how hard it is to have fun and, and how hard it is to, to find comfort at times because there's so much anxiety uh, from year to year and sometimes from week to week, depending on who you are. How do you, you – it, when I watch you play, you just got the biggest smile on your face, and it just looks like you're having the best time of your life. How do you, how do you find it to be so much fun with all the, the weight that's on your shoulders? Um, let me tell you this: when you when you play for a coach Schneider, the, the toughest times are in practice. So I can smile during the game. <laughs> those are the easy part. Um, no, I mean we just have so much preparation done, whether it's film practice. That, you know, the game is the fun part where you can kind of just let it loose because you've mentally tuned yourself to a point of I don't want to say exhaustion, but to a point of strength where you're just out there and just going off instinct. You don't really have to think. It's more like just out there reacting and and having a good time and and. You can't take anything away. When when shots are going in for everybody or yourself, you know, it, it makes the game a lot easier. But, you know, coming in and just knowing what my role is and knowing what I have to do to help the team win, um, the Jazz organization does a great job of carving those out and making those very clear um, early on. So that makes my life a lot easier. George, you're shooting the ball extremely well, nearly uh, 46% from three. Um, what do you attribute that to this season? Uh, every garbage gets a steak, man. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, 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 put a, I put a lot of hours and time and, and effort into shooting, but, I mean, I, I can't say enough about the play of, you know, Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, Joe Ingles, uh, Royce, Emmanuel. You know, those guys are doing a great job of, you know, doing things that I can't do, which is beating my guy off the dribble, getting into the lane, and, and and kicking out and finding me. Um, so, you know, I owe a lot of credit to those guys because I'm just maneuvering the different spots, and they're doing a great job of finding me, whether it's in transition or half court. They do a great job of, you know, having their eyes out and, and finding me on the perimeter. So, um, obviously, I put the time in, but those guys are doing a great job of getting the defense to focus on them and, and kicking the ball out to me. So there's a there's a video of uh, Donovan Mitchell driving, kicking out to you. You've got a wide open three, and while you're shooting it, Donovan's walking down the court, knowing that you're going to hit it. Um, now here's the thing: when you get that kick, and there's not a guy within five feet of you, a lot of pressure on you, knowing that that guy just created a wide open shot. You got to knock that thing down. Well, I never thought of it like that, but now that she said that, I'm going to start having more, <laughs> put more pressure on myself. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, you know, obviously you, you want to make those shots with those guys, especially when they're celebrating before the shot even goes up. But, you know, we put so much time and, and effort into this game that, you know, it's just another shot. You know what I mean? You're going to make it or you're going to miss it. But the 
biggest thing that they tell me is you, you got to shoot the next one. So that's all I'm really focused on. It's, I'm not focused on the next mile. I'm focused on the mile that I'm on right now. You go back a couple of weeks, and the Jazz made some moves to try to improve some things in, in minutes and, and bench and brought in Jordan Clarkson. And I know a lot of people are putting emphasis on what he's done personally, but, George, I want it from your perspective. How much has he changed what you do on the court? Uh, Jordan, uh, I think he offers an amazing dynamic. That's a guy that can get to any spot on the floor and can score pretty much from anywhere on the floor. So when he's drawing that much attention, that makes the life of me, Tony, you know, Emmanuel a lot easier. And I think that's what we were kind of missing in the bench unit before. So having him allows us to have a, you know, a go-to guy on the bench unit and it opens up a lot of different lanes and opportunities for other guys with all the attention on JC. What's been your impression of Emmanuel Moutier um, last night scoring 20 points? He's been uh, solid coming off the bench as well. What's uh, what's he meant to this team, and what, what's that addition been like? Uh, he's been amazing. The guy's an ultimate competitor and um, just an amazing guy. I've actually gotten really close with Emmanuel, and, uh, you know, everywhere he's gone, he's kind of been, like, scrutinized for what he can't do. And really, there's really much that he – he does so many great things. I don't know what 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 these other people were talking about because he can do so many things. He can get into the paint. He's a big guard and can finish around the rim. And I don't know if you guys have seen, but he gets the spots in the mid range where you're like, mm-hmm. at first he'd be like, ah, oh, that's a tough shot, but I feel like he's shooting like ninety percent from those long twos. You know, George, you listened to Moutier talk after that game, and he said, I thought I was a smart basketball player, but now I feel like I'm much more intelligent. Just I, talking about what you were talking about earlier, the the development and the time put into development. And I, I know that you don't have a, a broad spectrum of multiple coaches in the NBA in coaching, but you know, you come out of Iowa State, you, you've spent time with plenty of coaches. What's What's different about Quinn Snyder and his staff in the world of development? I just think they, they – they break it down to like the simplest form where, you know, here's what we want you to do. Here's the things that like, if you do this, this will open this up for this guy and this will make us better. And they just drill that in you. And every day you're constantly working on it. When if you're sick of it or tired. And I think the biggest thing is if everybody is in here and if you ever came to a practice, like an hour, hour and a half before practice and you have a routine or they're staying after practice, and no matter what, if you're tired, you don't want to do it, you're doing that routine because Coach, I was always preaching about it, you know, like we're drilling these things into your head. Like it may be tedious now, but when you get on the court, like you're going to remember to do it. And that was the thing with Emmanuel. Coach was always telling Emmanuel, you know, you're you're jumping in the air and passing. So Coach is always making Emmanuel uh, jump, stop, and pivot. And I'm sure for the first couple of weeks it was annoying. But now when Emmanuel's in there, he's jump, stop, and pivot, dropping it off to bigs scoring in the lane he's just it, it's just the, the development aspects of the Utah Jazz is just like a priority right under being a good person you know um, they just really want you to work on your game and try to better yourself day in and day out George Niang joining us here on 97.5 1280 The Zone on the Sprint Special Guest Line George there was a, you know, a moment uh, several weeks ago where there was some concern about this team and uh, you know have they taken a step backwards after some of the uh, movement in the off season are they going to be able to create that same kind of magic that they had last season was there any ever, was there ever any concern in the locker room or did you guys know eventually this thing was going to get heading in the right direction No I mean uh, we always have confidence especially with how we work and 
how hard we work and how close we are. Um, obviously, we had to figure some things out and, and make some things happen, but I think you can never underestimate how close a team is. And when a team has great chemistry and they continue to work hard and believe in each other, I mean, that's all you can ask. Obviously, you need talent, but, I mean, we have that from, from top to bottom. It was just us putting it together like a puzzle. So uh, I know we were taking some heat and, you know, people were questioning us, but, you know, we're rolling now and we just have to keep doing that. The schedule is going to continue to get tougher and we're just going to have to keep proving that we're a team that belongs. One thing that's inevitable in professional sports is going to be locker room turnover, and we saw some pretty sizable turnover um, with guys going elsewhere and the Jazz bringing in new guys. I, I just want to get your thoughts just in, in compatibility and, and locker room and having fun. Is this team equatable to last year's team? Yeah. I mean, whenever you have a roster that has Joe Ingles on it, you're going to have fun. So, uh, he keeps the group, he keeps the group light. Um, and we just have a ton of great dudes, you know, from Ed Davis to Emmanuel Moutier, Mike Conley, all those new guys. Um, Bojan, he's even has a little funny sense of humor. They keep, they keep the mood light and we know when it's time to work and we know when it's time to have fun. I think we have a good balance. Even, even coach Q you know, does a great job of, you know, keeping us light and ready to go. And obviously Mike's been out for some time, but, you know, when you're watching games and you're seeing him jump off the bench and fist pump and having a lot of fun with you guys, it seems like he's still very much involved in kind of the day-to-day morale and also the relationships with the team. Just your interactions with him since the injury, you know, what, what, what has he been doing with the team and, and for the team as much as he can? Uh, you know, I think he's just um... – spreading his knowledge he's a 12-year vet and he's done a great job of you know talking us through different things whether that's coverages or what a guard seeing or just overall being a, a great overall teammate he's there to do it all he's around the team every day he's working out to get back but also there for every practice every list every shoot around um so it's he's been great and i can't wait for him to get back on the court i know he's excited and i know he's a lot offer us a ton uh, to help us win. Uh, I know you probably don't spend a lot of – well, I don't know, maybe you do. It's kind of why I'm asking a little bit of this question, but your your contract for this season um, becomes uh, became fully guaranteed, I believe, yesterday. Um, Ooh, do you – you <laughs> do you spend your time being concerned about that stuff? I mean, I mean, for us, we knew it was a foregone conclusion, but for a guy that really had to work and sweat and bleed to get to where you're at now, do you, are you able to put that out of your mind, or do you still somehow have some concerns on that stuff uh, throughout the course of a year? Um, you know, that stuff used to concern me, but, you know, there's a line that everybody says in the NBA, it's called control what you can control, and I can't control any of that. All I can control is, you know, my attitude, my effort, and if I show up on time. So if I focus on things that I couldn't control, I'd drive myself crazy and probably not play to my capabilities. So I really just try not to think about it, come in and think about what routine I'm going to get into and what I'm going to do and take it one day at a time. To be honest, I, I thought it was the 10th, and then they told me yesterday it was the 7th. So... I didn't even know the day, which sounds pretty stupid, but I should probably know these things. <laughs> what was that call like, or what was that moment like? Oh, it was great. I mean, the, the best thing is when they I, – someone told me when I was at the facility, they're like, if they don't tell you anything, then you're good. I was like, oh, well, I shouldn't even showed up today. I should throw my phone in the river. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear anything. Uh, don't answer your phone. Yeah. Just stay away. 
I said that for years after the NFL cut me. I was like, you know, I'll just buy my own helmet, my own pads, and I'll just show up. <laughs> I mean, what, what are they going to do? They're going to run me off the field? Me yeah. yeah you, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, George, I know that these seasons are probably, you know, overwhelming and very consuming. Do you find time for anything else, or is it just all basketball and sleep and eat? Um, you know, going to see them, it's tough uh, to find, you know, some free time because all you want to do is relax and eat and different things like that. But I think the biggest thing that helps me get through the season is, you know, my family, uh, talking with them and having them visit or whatever cities that I go to, if I have family there and visiting with them and friends also, those are the moments that mean the most because you kind of are really consumed in, you know, basketball for six to eight months out of the year. Um, so when you ever you have a chance to to be with family and friends, uh, that, those are the times that I cherish, uh, you know, during the season, and that's what I try to occupy my time with. If I'm not sleeping or eating, I do a lot of eating. If you didn't know, <laughs> but I will say, you know, you look at uh, Iowa State, George Niang, and uh, Utah Jazz, George Niang. I don't, you know, that that conditioning program that's that's uh, that's quite a bit different. <laughs> yes, they don't pay. Uh, fat people anymore (laughs) hey uh by the way george doug from lhm used cars just texted me said hey remind george that he's due for an oil change so tell him i'm coming right in can i I borrow the lamborghini for a couple days too there you go yeah you're gonna need to talk to travis about that (laughs) one travis is the Uh, lamborghini Yeah, Mr. Generous, huh? <laughs> Let's just see how generous he is with his Lamborghinis. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> hey, George, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, congratulations on the early part of the season. Keep it rolling, and hopefully we can talk again soon. Thanks, George. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. There you go, George Niang with Hans Scotty. Great conversation there, and he's just a funny dude. So. He's a fun dude, and uh, it's really cool to have guys like that on the roster because you can tell they're just kind of that, um, like you said, the guy that kind of breaks up the monotony of everyday yeah. life in the NBA. And that it can become a, a monotonous thing. I understand people are like, well, these are athletes are living their dream and whatnot. Well, it is still work. You just have a lot of workouts to go through and whatnot, and guys like George really help make mm-hmm. it keep it light. I guess this is the nice part about yep, it. Yep, definitely. So, uh uh, big thanks to George Yang and the Jazz for making that happen with Hans and Scotty. All right, more next here on the Saturday show. We'll even give you an update on the uh, Niners-Vikings game that just kicked off and stuff has already happened. We'll get into that coming up next here on the Saturday show. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, We've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Welcome back. Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Time for the live look-in and also a look-in in the NFL game. 7-7. Seven to seven. We've got fireworks early, Jay. Oh, he got burnt so badly. Oh, look at that poor that Niners defender fall down. Awful coverage. Uh, this game is now 7-7. Seven to seven. Started with the Vikings 3 and out. Then the Niners very easily drove down the field. And then the Vikings very easily drove down the field. So it is 7-7. Seven to seven. 
Uh, five minutes left in the first quarter. Well, I should have waited till Dan Bailey kicked the field goal, but he That's did. That's okay. That's okay. I just we were just talking about how our least favorite cornerbacks on each team are getting burned this game. Well, welcome to NFL football. <laughs> you have a weakness. They will exploit it. Yes, they will. All right, it's time for the live look in here on the Saturday show. Kind of a segment I came up with just to give you a look around some of the other sports locally that maybe you don't pay attention to, but you would naturally be a fan of, say, BYU women's basketball, Jake, if you were a BYU fan. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. You would just want to know if they won. And right now, BYU women's basketball is in action, taking on San Diego at home. And uh, San Diego currently up 19-18 uh, to 18 in the second quarter. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Sweet. Women's basketball for BYU had a really good year a year ago, lost their best player to an ACL tear during the summer, and it's been a rough go so far this year, really up and down. So. Uh, Utah took on UCLA last night, their mm-hmm. third straight top 10 opponent. Talk about Because the UCLA yeah. is so good, yeah. or because the Pac-12 is so good. Uh, they fell to UCLA 84-54. to They were leading at the end of three, and then uh, UCLA put the clamps down. Yep. So uh, they take on USC tomorrow night. And uh, BYU men's volleyball, Jake, they got the sweep against Gens- or against Penn State last night, 25-23, 25-19, 25-23 again. David Gardini, who you uh, – Davide Gardini. Davide Gardini, who you talked about last week, I believed, uh, had 13 kills, hit 750, and had uh, eight digs. Gardini, Gardini's father was a star for the Italian national team for mm-hmm. years, and this kid is just – they fall in the footsteps of his father, just can jump out of the gym. Uh, hitting 750 is yeah like like good is 300 so there 750 was, is very good. there was one point in the in that match last night BYU as a team was hitting 560 so. <laughs> that's also yeah. almost unheard of so and to still only win each set 25 23 25 19 25 23 mm-hmm. uh, Penn State must have played pretty well as they well. did it was a fun match they'll they'll square off again today at five o'clock it's a matinee affair sweet. Uh, we can catch it on BYU TV if you're interested in watching. I'll, I'll say, man, uh, that Smith Fieldhouse, i got to give props to BYU fans. They show up to volleyball men's and women's. They do, they, and they, it's loud in there. They yeah. make it real loud. Definitely loud. So that's cool. If you are heading, if you want something to do, check that out tonight, men's volleyball, 5 o'clock there uh, at Smith Fieldhouse. All right, um, one other thing here locally, Adrian, is Real Salt Lake, the 2020 Major League Super Draft. Happened this week for the first time in uh, Major League Soccer history. A draft actually wasn't in person. They've just moved it all to via phones and everything, mm. live streams. But RSL takes two players. In the first round, they selected forward Dayon Harris out of UConn. And then in the second round, defender Michael Watungu from Michigan State. Awesome. Center back. So. What do you think? I, I like the Diane Harris kid. He's a kind of a winger, plays on the wing, and that's what RSL kind of needs on this roster is guys who can really attack teams on the edges. And we'll see if Watungu can come in and make an impact. Defenders, especially central defenders, not necessarily a position of need for RSL currently, but he will have to come in and earn his keep if he wants to stay on this roster. Also, Corey Baird signing a new yeah, contract. Yeah, new, new deal for him. He's going to make uh, significant more than the $70,000 he made last year. Not going to be making DP money, which is over $500,000, but he's somewhere in between that. Hey, that's a living. Yes, That absolutely. is a good living. All right. Uh, coming up on the other side, we're going to let you hear from Andy Katz, good friend of Patrick Kinahan, and finally a guest on DJ and PK, and uh, should be a good conversation. If, you want, if you're into basketball, this is for you. That's all coming up next here on the Saturday Show.